Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Noon. It's V the Grill Economist. We have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction, the one and only Harley Schlanger. You can find Harley over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. The descriptions will all be in the description box. And with that being said, Harley, how are you? I'm doing fine, V. Certainly better than the world. Oh, my God. We have the, the, the fake false flag in Bucha, where now the evidence is coming out that more and more victims were staged there a week in advance. They were rolled out. As soon as the Russians left, they rolled them out, placed them in position. We have videos of Ukrainian soldiers placing the dead bodies in the right position for this so-called massacre and war crime by the Russian military. Uh, Some of these victims were holding uh, aid boxes Okay, where food and aid was given to them by the Russian, Russian aid boxes showing the Russians were helping. Absolutely incredible to see this, my friend. I, I mean, Holly, that's just one thing that's going on. What, what else? What else do you want to? Uh, what else do you want to touch base on? There's so many things. It's unbelievable. Well, I think the just to extend that, NBC did a, a segment on their news program the other day, where they admitted that they're presenting false stories for the purpose of uh, manipulating Putin. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about this is NBC psychological warfare. For example, when Biden said we have evidence that Russia's planning uh, to use chemical weapons, the NBC News said they talked to three top officials, all of whom said they have no such evidence but they're saying it to try and deter the Russians from doing it. And John Sawyers, the former head of MI6, said that this is an example of hybrid warfare, of using information intelligence to shape the narrative, to shape the way the enemy thinks. Now, this isn't going to deter Putin or, or cause Putin to, to react. Right. It's designed to manipulate the population. Yep. Exactly. To exactly. convince you that you're getting this, the real story now, so the Ukraine, we got to stop the big bad Russians. So NBC admitted that there's this kind of story going on. Now, at the same time, the New York Times had a story, I think on April 4th, where they acknowledged that Ukrainian soldiers were shooting and killing wounded Russian soldiers. And they confirmed the uh, veracity of the video that they had seen. So here we have actual evidence from, of all places, the New York Times of Ukrainian war crimes, but so far no legitimate evidence has been brought forward of the Russians. And I think it's important that um, Scott Ritter, who is saying this, yeah, and, and was was uh, censored and kicked off Twitter, right, for saying. Before you make charges, let's see the real evidence and let's have a real investigation. 
No. Yeah, can't can't look at the bodies, Harley. That could tell you the time of death. Can't can't do that. It could also tell you how the blood was pooling in the body. Were they hung? Were they tortured? What was going on? What type of uh, what type of trauma was on the uh, on the muscle tissue when when death occurred? We can't do that, Harley. Just take our word for it. Trust us. <laughs> we'll give them the fair trial, then we'll hang them. Yeah. <laughs> Very well said. And you know, uh, this morning was uh, was talked about the uh, a a missile attack on a on a rail station where people were trying to evacuate. And here's the picture of the fragment of one of the missiles. This is a fragment of the missile that hit the uh, the Kramatorsk train station and killed at least thirty civilians who were waiting to evacuate. The, the AFU has blamed the Russians, but this picture of the missile shows that it is a Tochka U rocket used exclusively by the Ukrainian side. Oh, come it's on, the same Gene, kind of missile. You, you missed the message. Obviously, the Russians did it using the Ukrainian missile. Oh, right, right. They, because the Russians like using missiles that have a very bad guidance system that could, that could go anywhere. <laughs> well, look, the important thing is what, what we've been saying for some time now, which is that this whole operation is designed to destroy Russia as a sovereign nation. And the reason is that Russia refuses to go along with the intent to destroy sovereign nations, which is the intent of the Anglo-American forces. And it has everything to do with the fact that the financial system is cratering. And it started collapsing long before Putin launched his special military operations. It also started before the whole COVID crisis. This is something that's a continuation from 2008, pumping trillions of dollars. And I don't know if you saw this, V, but Wall Street on Parade had the story of the first quarter of the 20, uh, 2020. Previously, they covered the last quarter of 2019. And we get these figures from the Fed six quarters late, according to the Dodd-Frank bill. But the last quarter of 2019, when the repo crisis occurred because of the bank freezing or bank lending freezing up, it was $13 trillion that was pumped in the fourth quarter of 2019. Now we find it's between 23 and $27 trillion in the first quarter of 2020. And 60% of it went to six banks. Yeah. Three of whom are owners of the New York Fed, and three of whom, or three of which I should say, are foreign banks, Nomura, BNP, Paribas, and I, I can't remember the... Oh, and Barclays. Mm-hmm. So the Fed is pumping out liquidity at enormous volumes. Mm-hmm. That's the cause of inflation. Yep. And exactly. then you add to that the Green New Deal, which is shutting down fuel and oil and gas exploration, which is shutting down nuclear and coal. And they're all blaming it on Putin. You know, I, I said in an interview this morning, if if you come home and your garbage cans are turned over and your cat's pregnant, blame Putin. Yep. <laughs> it's Putin's fault. <laughs> yeah. And and now today the EU announced sanctions against two of the remaining Russian banks that hadn't been sanctioned, which are the banks which are the place where people deposit their savings. Yeah. And so they're they're hitting the pensioners. And the, the small uh, business people, uh, as well as the oligarchs. 
This is a scorched earth policy, but all it's going to do is convince the Russians that they're right to break with the West. You know, Putin had a, a few people in the central bank that were carryovers from the Yeltsin years, including yeah. the uh, central bank head. Not just friendly relations with the Western banks, but Western neoliberal economic policies. And now we're seeing Putin moving away from that, moving toward physical economy, uh, basing the ruble on physical goods, not just gold and, and oil, but strategic metals, lumber, grain, fertilizer. This is a, a dramatic shift, which follows LaRouche's advice from the 1990s, when the first attack was carried out on Russia after the fall of communism. Instead of working with the Russians, we sent in bankers like Jeffrey Sachs. Uh, LaRouche said this just proves there's no such thing as safe Sachs. What, <laughs> what Jeffrey Sachs urged was radical transformation, shutting down the physical economy and pouring in money. Well, what they did is they stole everything that wasn't bat battened down, the raw materials, the industrial base, they laid off the industrial workforce, shut down the scientific centers and technology centers. And Russia had some actually important economic and industrial capabilities, but it didn't really function well because they were caught up in an arms race and the communist system doesn't work. But instead of actually reforming it, they looted it. And LaRouche at that time was visited Russia on several occasions laid out his idea of the American economic system on physical economy. And among the young economists who heard what he was saying was Sergei Glazyev, Yep. Who's coming to prominence now because he is a LaRouchian, a hard physical economy advocate. And he's the chief director of the Eurasian Economic Council. Whether Putin's going to go with his policies fully or not, we, we don't really know. But I think they have little choice. And of course, if they do it, they'll find support from China, support from India, from Brazil, from South Africa, uh, among the countries that refuse to go along with the kicking Russia out of the UN Human Rights Commission, which is a joke anyway, given that the Saudis until recently were the uh, um, six-month chairman of the Human Rights Commission. But among the countries that refused to kick the Russians out were Algeria, Nigeria, some of the more important African countries, Asian yep. countries. UAE, which is a big yeah. one. So we're seeing a realignment, a very significant realignment, which is going to leave the United States and the Brits standing there holding on to trillions of dollars of worthless financial instruments and computer notations and nothing to back it up but, but uh, funny money, fiat money. Yeah. And the rest of the world is going to be told, you have to implement austerity if you want any of our fiat money. And the rest of the world is going to say, uh, we're going to cancel our debt and go with the Russia-China system. So the idea that you can use sanctions to destroy an economy in a, a nation like Russia is going to get shoved down the throats of the idiots behind this. And those are the central bankers. Those are the intelligence agents. And Biden is a, is a senile puppet of that network. Absolutely. 
He definitely is. And it's a criminal, to say the least, Harley. Absolutely criminal. Well, how do you justify it? You say we're doing this for the freedom and, and uh, democracy in uh, Ukraine. Well, where's the democracy in Ukraine? Again, before the special military operations, they were unleashing Nazis against the ethnic Russian population in the Donbass. 14,000 people killed. You know, they're scrambling to find a, a handful of civilians after the Russians evacuate the uh, area around Kiev. But you don't have to scramble. You can find mass graves in the Donbass of people killed by the Ukrainian uh, security forces, including the ones with the Azov Battalion. Now, here's something that hasn't gotten much coverage in the, the U.S. Or, or Europe yet. But Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, addressed the Greek parliament, I think, three days ago. And in his address, <clears throat> he was accompanied by someone who was identified as an ethnic Greek fighter against the Russians. Turns out he was a member of the Azov Battalion. And when this was exposed, the Greek government, caught with egg on his face, said, oh, gee, it was a mistake for him to be included, but then attacked the, the political party that exposed it. Instead of raising the question of what the hell is Zelensky doing with the neo-Nazi at his side uh, speaking to the Greek parliament? Remember, Greece knows something about NATO because there was a NATO coup there in 1967. Yep, the, the, the reign of the colonels. And the colonels included in them the holdovers from the Nazi networks from the 40s. So, you know, bringing a neo-Nazi to address the Greek parliament is not a very clever idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it shows they think they can get away with it, just as they thought they could get away with running the Russia gate against Trump, because they figured that it would never get caught, Hillary would be elected, and it would just get swept away. So you're looking at some very interesting developments, the, the new material coming out from the Durham investigation, the Hunter Biden story. And I, I think, look, we're just getting the surface of the Hunter Biden story. But I, I would just caution in one way, looking at this. We have a, a bigger problem than Joe Biden. Yep. Joe Biden is a problem. But there's a guy named Admiral Richard, who's the commander of the Strategic Air Command. And he testified before Congress last uh, summer saying that he thinks that we have to shift our strategy from nuclear war is unlikely to the possibility that employment of nuclear weapons may be necessary. <laughs> and he said it again in Senate hearings this last week. Now, what this reflects is the 2017 National Strategic Document. It was drafted by Mattis, McMaster, and Kelly which said that we have to shift from the war on terror to the great power challenge of the revisionist powers, Russia and China. And in that document, it said we have to modernize our nuclear forces for use as a nuclear deterrent or possibly use in a conventional war. So the US has shifted away from this idea of never using nuclear weapons to considering them as a potential option. And that's what uh, Sullivan said 
before the recent NATO discussion, foreign ministers discussion. So when Putin said Russia is very worried about its security, you can see that this is legitimate, totally legitimate. We're going to get more on the, the chemical weapons and biological weapons labs in Ukraine. Uh, and one of the things that they, when NBC mentioned that the story that Putin was preparing to use chemical weapons, yeah. three officials said there's no evidence that Russia has done anything to move chemical weapons anywhere. What they didn't mention is that Russia, under the watchful eye of the uh, Organization for Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, in 2017, destroyed all their chemical and biological weapons labs, unlike the United States, which has not lived up to that treaty agreement. So, you know, we're being fed a, a line of, of narratives, and these narratives are designed to convince the American people that we should be cheering for Ukraine, they're the good guys, the Russians are the bad guys, and if we have to, be prepared to go all the way into a war there. And if necessary, freeze. You won't have any food. You won't have any gasoline. But we're doing it for the freedom of the Ukrainian people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're doing. <laughs> Actually, a, a German politician, V, mm. said we should be prepared to freeze for freedom. Yes, free. And I, you know, there are liberals right now saying that they're willing to pay twenty dollars a gallon for gas. See, they're yeah. so they're so binarily they think in a very binary way. They think in a very segmented way. They don't understand that fifteen or ten dollar gas means food is not coming to your house. They their mind is incapable of making that leap in thought. Harley, it's incredible to me. Here's a wonderful meme. They printed eight trillion. Gave you fourteen hundred and sent the rest of their friends and left you with the inflation. Well, that's why they can afford twenty dollars a gallon. Exactly, <laughs> and that's that's also how they can get out of debt trouble because they're going to get all that money that's worthless yeah. to pay off the debt that they have, while everyone else is going to be put into bankruptcy. Yep, who won't yep. have access to the the funny money. Exactly. So look, this is, I you know rather than. Just continuing to pound on this theme, I think most of your, your listeners already know that the military industrial complex, academic, think tank, et cetera, et cetera, is a criminal cabal that's had their way for too long. But we're doing something about it tomorrow, April 9th. Yeah. At 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It will probably go on all day. We have four panels. I'm going to be chairing the second and third panel on economy and security. Mm. On the first panel, we're going to have among the speakers will be Anatoly Antonov, the Russian ambassador to the United States, who will be speaking at the Schiller Institute conference. Also, a former Indian ambassador to Russia, a representative of the Indian Congress Party in the United States will be speaking. Oh, wow. Someone, someone who was on the uh, Mandela cabinet in South Africa will be speaking. What we're going to be doing is presenting the argument why we need to convene an international conference to establish a new security and economic architecture that takes the power away from the criminals that hold it right now. So you can register for this 
at the schillerinstitute.com. It's, it's on the website today. It's free. It's an online conference. And uh, you know, I, we, we've had an unprecedented mobilization for this. And I really would encourage people to spend part of your day tomorrow, if not all of your day, tuned in and, and participating and get other people you know who are also um, aware of things and maybe some of the people you're arguing with who, who don't know what they're talking about. Antonov, the Russian ambassador, is a, an extremely articulate spokesman for why Russia uh, was compelled to carry out these special military ops. He'll also explain to you that what you've heard from the media is a bunch of lies about, you know, the, the Russians went in to conquer Ukraine and kill Zelensky, and now they're retreating because of the great power of the, the Ukrainians, by the way, which have less than 5% of their air force left. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, I, I see a note here, if you can't catch it live, yeah, it will be archived at the schillerinstitute.com. So it will be there uh, tomorrow and any day after that. Yeah. It's going to be incredible for sure. What, uh, folks, again, go to the Institute.com. Make sure you sign up for that broadcast. Make sure you attend the broadcast. It is critically, critically important. Uh, Harley, anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I think the, the other thing that people should realize is that there's an incredible mobilization to destroy any nation which aspires to sovereignty, which is unwilling to knuckle down under the Great Reset and the Green New Deal. Two countries in particular, I'll just call your attention to, India, where Modi wouldn't allow the Brits to come see him. He, he did, they did have one British representative and they treated him very roughly. But at the same time, he greeted Sergei Lavrov and Wang Yi, the Chinese foreign minister. They had long discussions and the United States sent a guy named Dalip Singh, who is the sanctions guru for anti-Russian policy, to India to threaten the Indians that if they do these purchases of Russian oil and gas, that if they do that, it will have consequences for India. Well, Blinken has been on the phone the last two days trying to reach Modi to talk to him. And he's talking to various people and they're all telling him the same thing. Look, we're an independent country. We're doing what's good for India. Now, at the same time, they have a little more capability to manipulate in Pakistan. And there's an effort underway to get rid of, through regime change, Imran Khan, the Pakistan prime yeah. minister, because he's been neutral or leaning toward Russia in this whole situation. Uh, Pakistan has been an ally of China for years. Now they're, they're moving as well toward Russia. And there's a possibility that Pakistan and India may begin to resolve some of the differences. So yes. what's the threat from the U.S.? Regime change. Regime change. And they're trying and, it on Imran Khan. Well, Imran Khan said that they had a, a message from the ambassador of Pakistan to Washington, who was told by an administration official that Pakistan-U.S. relations will improve when, when Imran Khan is removed. Hmm. And when Khan presented that as evidence of a U.S. regime change plot, the BBC came out and said, this is delusional. Uh, we don't even know if that discussion ever happened. Yeah. Now, both Pakistan and India are nuclear powers. 
Correct. But in both cases, you have lead people who have been in leadership in those countries who were not aligned, independent, who were murdered. Indira Gandhi and Rajiv Gandhi were killed. Indira Gandhi, and I, I don't know if people know this, met several times with Lyndon LaRouche, mm-hmm. the idea of a, a global development policy. Uh, the Pakistani Prime Minister, Ali Bhutto, who yeah. was responsible for the Pakistani nuclear plan, and it wasn't just for weapons, it included nuclear, full set nuclear capability for energy, including reprocessing. Kissinger said to him directly, if you proceed with the reprocessing, we'll make a horrible example out of Pakistan. At least that's what uh, Ali Bhutto said. His daughter, Benazir Bhutto, said, no, Kissinger said, we'll make a horrible example out of you. Yeah. Ali Bhutto was overthrown in a coup, and a year and a half later, he was hanged. Hmm. And then when Benazir came in as, as prime minister, she was murdered by terrorists. Yep. So the Indians and the Pakistanis know very well what the British and the British underlings called the Americans will do. As long as they stand firm, their people will support them. And right now, the Russian-Chinese option for a new financial system is real. Yeah. Yeah, so it is. This is. This is a new situation, a chance for a global realignment. The problem is that there's no leadership in the United States. And, and for people who think that you know Biden shouldn't be president, Trump should be in there, I'd like Trump to come forward and say what he would do in this situation. You know, the fact that he's still litigating the 2020 election rather than saying how we're going to avoid a nuclear war, it leaves me a, a little bit concerned about his leadership capabilities. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there, there's quite a, mi- a bit of egotistical uh, misdirection here, you know, but done by him where, yeah, you know, things things went sideways on the 2020 election. And I get it. We need to shore it up. But at the same time, I, I, I and again, Harley, I haven't seen his latest rally that he did like maybe a week ago. I don't know if he said uh, anything about it, but, you know, it, it, it's it's problematic. And, and he needs to highlight what what can and will be done differently under him. I mean, you can walk and chew gum. I mean, he can, you, you can still challenge the litigation of, of the 2020 election, and there's a ton of fraud there. Uh, but at the same time, you can also discuss how to walk back the world from the edge of destruction. Well, and Trump is someone who understands how this narrative process works because yep. he was targeted by it. Yep. And there's no reason to hold back. Why would you hold back? You have the Durham capability. That should have been out in 2018, 2019. They should have fully declassified the documents around the corruption, around the FBI, the CIA, MI6, GCHQ, Christopher Steele. It all should have been out there. He should never have had people like Bolton, McMaster, Kelly, and Mattis in his administration. Now, rather than relitigating that, fine, that happened. He was under enormous pressure from this regime change faction who was pulling a regime change against him. I mean, after all, he was impeached twice. Right. But the point is that now is the time for him to throw his lot in against this Federal Reserve, central bank, funny money operation. I don't want to hear from people, well, Trump, when he, when he gets in again in 2024, he'll go against the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve system can be taken down now. 
Yeah. If we had a movement with some leadership in the United States to link up with what Putin's doing with the ruble, what the Chinese are doing with the physical economy, and the Europeans would come along with this. They don't yep. like funny money, but we need leadership in the United States. And, and that's, by the way, why they destroyed, did everything they could to destroy Lyndon LaRouche in the 80s and the 90s, because that was LaRouche's policy. And who is deployed against Lyndon LaRouche with the Get LaRouche Task Force? Rob Miller. S. Mueller. Yep. yep. Exactly. Exactly right. And that's the thing. It's like we need to get rid of the Fed while we still have a chance. Otherwise, the Fed's going to vaporize our economy. And they're talking about it. They're talking about it. And, 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 and I mean, we are facing the uh, a derivative Death Star that can be unleashed with the proposed 1%, 2 or 3% rate increase that these morons are talking about. We don't need these people. We don't need them anymore. And, this, and we need to end the Fed and take this country back. Well, we need a transitory Fed. Yeah. Exactly right. One that could tra- help us transition from the current speculative economy into a physical one with sound banking and the reinstatement of Glass-Steagall. That's right. Very simple. It could be done and need more people to get on board. Again, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, join our conference. Uh, we will have in the second and third panels opportunities for some discussion from uh, the uh, moderator. If, if someone from uh, the news community wants to send in a question, just make sure you identify yourself and I'll see if I can get it in. Absolutely. Harley, thank you so much for joining us, folks. Thank you so much for listening in. And, and folks, enjoy your weekend. And once again, you can find Harley over at thelaroucheorganization.com, thelaroucheorganization.com, as well as schillerinstitute.com, schillerinstitute.com. And with that being said, we're over and out. <laughs>